Take a few moments. Just take a few moments. Yeah, those sensors. A need. Many needs, actually. Sometimes Christmas and holidays can be the hardest times of the year for many people. It can be a lonely time. It can be a time of, of, of missing family members, missing people that have passed away. It's always like to be sensitive to that. Someday as a Lord, when it is his time to call us, we'll know better, we'll, know, we'll understand it. Jesus talked about this life would be without, would not be without trial. It doesn't mean he's dropped you or forgotten about you. He has actually probably been carrying some of you lately, carrying, literally carrying you. When you don't know how you're going to make ends meet, you don't know how you're going to make it to the next paycheck, you don't know what's, how you're going to cover the bills, you know, we, we get into those places. You know what? God's got you. I believe he's got you today. He's got your back. He's got you. He knows your future. And don't let Satan, let not let the enemy discourage us. Begin to start downing ourselves. Begin to start believing the lies of Satan. He so has so many. I just believe that God has a better life. God wants us to be. I know we have our moments of tested. God is actually in the middle of the storms. He's the eye. And often we hear about that eye in a hurricane. There's a calmness. He's the eye. See, Christmas time is not just, it's not just about putting the decree up and having a few presents and eating a good meal. It's not just about that. This is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords stepped out of heaven. He stepped out of heaven, out of his glory, his splendor, and came down to where you and I live. I just can't fathom it. Why would he do it? Why? why it wasn't a plan B. It was in the heart of God before creation. And so John's, the gospel, I mean, it's, we're taking a little break from Ephesians today and next week, of course. But let me read a few verses. I'll comment. Lord, thank you for your word. And we believe that your word is that which is a light into our path. And it helps us to know who you are. It gives us instruction how to live, how to believe, how to have faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Let the word of God bring faith in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. For uh, the, begin, the beginning, it says John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning. Well, when we think of the beginning, what's the beginning? Well, it would be the time of creation as we know it. As in Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, it says in the beginning, God. 
And see, if there wasn't God, there would be no beginning. God has always been, which is hard for me to wrap my mind. I can't wrap my mind on it. But in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the Word is Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus is the Word. The Word is Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. Jesus has always been. They are co-equal, God the Father, the Holy Spirit. They're all equal. And it's hard for us to understand the Trinity. But here as we look at these verses, we, we get to understand that God was, Jesus was way, uh, all, all the way with this whole idea of creating the earth, the heaven. In fact, he spoke the world into existence. And so when I think about that, Jesus, as he spoke the world into existence, that the trees were created, and when his time came, that one of those trees that he created, he would be crucified on. It's just mind-boggling. It's just Jesus is so far beyond, so far beyond our comprehension many times. All things came into being by in verse 3, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. So lately, if you're, how many have one of these? This is how we do our work at the night. How many have one of these? How many are going to get one? Okay, so, so uh, it really gets dark early these days, right? And uh, some, how many grew up on a farm? Quite a few. How many have chores? Or had chores? You still have chores. Everything's a chore. Right? And so you, if you're like me, how am I going to get my work done? How am I going to get the wood in? How am I going to do the, you know, I, I burn wood in my house and I, I work outside. And this is a lifesaver for me right now. And so I, I brought this to illustrate a point. That we are in a dark, we're born into a dark world. And the world is deceived by Satan. The world is deceived by the enemy. Uh, sin brings darkness, brings death. But the light of Jesus shines so that we can understand what truth is. And so actually the Bible says the, the word is a lamp unto my feet. Well, I'll tell you what, when you're walking through some paths that are kind of slippery and slidey right now, this thing is a lifesaver. Uh, so yesterday, Emily... Drove my car home, and she called me and Dad, I think I got your car stuck. So I thought, are you stuck? Are you in the ditch? No, I, I got stuck in the yard. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's not so bad. I'll help you. No, of course, proceeded. To, I thought I could just drive it out because, you know, she you know, thought she was stuck. She was stuck. So I proceeded to shovel on the snow shovel. Anna's not here, but she got stuck this week, too. Don't tell her I told you so. I was on our way from home from work. There's just a lot of things in life. You know, 
as the older I get, it's harder to see the fine print. Right? You've been working on equipment. You know, one of the best things is to have a little light, a little shine, extra boost. You know, I always just talk about this light thing. I'll take this off so you don't get all freaked out with me. <laughs> so, you may have a real red, you know, I think it flashes, but yeah, <laughs> whatever. The light, you know, many people are, we're drawn to the light. I don't know, have you ever noticed at night in the horizon you see glowing, glowings like in a town? Isn't it amazing how far that light will radiate? You're not like me, you don't, you don't observe those things? <laughs> and you know, when you look at the moon and the stars on a real clear night, they're merely reflecting the sun. How does that apply to you and I? Well, when we accept Jesus, he comes into our hearts, he lives in our hearts with the help of the Holy Spirit, and we become a reflector. His glory shines out of us. You may not have to say anything, but you walk into a place, and people sense the presence, or you have a presence. Every one of us has a presence. And I trust that we are wanting to bring the presence of Jesus into our workplace, into our homes. Because when you bring the presence of Jesus into your situation, the whole place begins to change. The atmosphere begins to change. People begin to wonder, what is it? What is it that you have? And so that light that Jesus referred to, that we are like a light on a, on a hill that shouldn't be hidden. We don't put a light lamp, a light a lamp and hide it under a, a bushel basket. Let your light shine. May the love of Jesus shine in our hearts. Hey, this whole idea of evangelizing has to come from a genuine love for people. Love them as they are. Love them even as they are. <laughs> with the help of the Lord. And let's see what God can do. And you begin to offer their names before Jesus. You see, this light shines in the darkness. In darkness, verse 5, did not comprehend it. What does that mean? That darkness has to go. Light, you know, you play the scissors, paper, and rock game. Yeah? You know how it goes? Yeah? You don't? Well, I'm not going to illustrate because I'll get all messed up. But that light exposes, brings light, brings, oh, I can see what's going on. Oh, I, oh, now, listen, the devil is good at deceiving people, keeping the shades over their heart, keeping the blinds upon their, their spiritual heart so they don't see, in fact, most of the nation, the Jewish nation, Scripture says that there is a veil that lies over their heart. But that's going to be taken away someday, and it's taken away by Christ. That's going to be blown away. So all this Christmas season, this whole season, we see a lot of lights. Some people go through extremes to put up lights. 
It just amazes me to go through all that work. It's beautiful. People have observed. But the greatest light is Jesus Christ. But he comes into our hearts to expose our need. And he brings a light that is, is everlasting. It's a light that will not leave us. It's a light that he shows up. He's always there. Even if we are like Jonah trying to run from the presence of God, God still went after Jonah into the belly's whale. And you know that story. I believe it's literal. And scripture is literal. And he was actually in the belly of a whale. That story is an amazing story. Yeah, Jonah, Jonah couldn't outrun God. Good. Jonah couldn't. He could go as far away from, he thought he was trying to escape. He thought he could get away, but guess what? The psalmist says, wherever we go, he goes with us. We cannot escape from the presence of God. So if you have relatives that are far away from your home, God's presence can be with them. Oftentimes, it's a very comfort, much of a comfort for military people, people that cannot share much about what's going on in their lives, and we just pray and believe in God. will take care of them. This light goes far beyond any light, anything that we've seen in the natural, because this light, it was partially, it sh- was shown partially on the, uh, the announcement as the angels that we displayed a little bit of the, 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 the story of, of Jesus, uh, the announcing of Jesus' birth. And the angels were, if you could imagine, they were, they were just having another evening with their little uh, pasture and their little flock of sheep, and boom, this light appears. Wouldn't that blow you away? Wouldn't that take you back? And then the announcement from the angel, there's good news, guys. Or in Bethlehem, there's born in the city of David. In fact, Bethlehem means the house of bread. And in Bethlehem was David's, King David's uh, hometown. So if you read in Matthew, you read the lineages of, of how it came down through this one and that one and all the way down. David was part of that. And God said to David that your kingship will, will last for all eternity. He was referring to Christ who would come later. His, his kingdom is going to last for all eternity. His light will always be. In fact, in heaven, there's no need for heaven, a sun as we know of it, because God himself will be the light. He will illuminate the place. Don't we serve a good God? God wants you to see where where you're going. He wants you to see things as they are. He wants you to see sin as sin, and he wants you to see light and truth as truth because he wants you to walk in the light. He doesn't want you to stumble over your own self, over your own selfish things. God wants to expose. And so now we read on this this passage, John 1. There was a man, verse 6, sent from God, whose name was John. He came for a witness, that he might bear witness of the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came that he might bear witness of the light. There was the true light, which, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, 
And he's referring to Christ right there. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own. Those who were his own did not receive him. He's talking about the Jewish nation, for most of them didn't understand. They didn't, they didn't receive him. They didn't believe. But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children. Now he's talking about anyone, anyone who believes, anyone who accepts that Jesus is the Christ and that he, he believes that he's God and admits his need for him, God saves that person. It doesn't matter how far away from God God is invested. He invested in people that were against him and they didn't know it. How could a God like that Leave his heaven. How could a God like whom we read about humble himself as Philippians speaks about that he did not take into consideration the fact that he was God. He humbled himself becoming a servant, taking the, taking the cross, coming at a time when there was a crucifixion thing going on in the Roman government. Coming at a time he did not come when it was going to be easy to die. He came and died one of the most torturous deaths that could be ever imagined with basically suffocation along with all the agony that went with all the, the blood loss and all the, the thirst and all the pain reeking in his body, yet he could still save and have discipline to keep back from holding the angels that he could just say, come angels and deliver me, but he didn't because he wanted you and I to know him and be in his heaven for eternity. That's the God we serve. That's, that's the Lord. That's the God. And he didn't come at his first coming, as we know, the incarnation. He didn't come in all the splendor and all the glory. He came as an infant. An infant. Helpless. And dependent upon mom to feed him. Dependent upon people to care for him. That's the God. He didn't tell you just to go live this way. He came down and showed you and I, showed you and I, demonstrated to us. He's the one who they wondered about. Even John the Baptist had a doubt. And John the Baptist was cousin of Jesus. But there was a moment in John the Baptist's life he was in prison before his Martyrs, martyred, martyrdom. He wanted to know, are you the Christ? He was beginning to wonder, are you the Christ? He was referring to, are you the Christ? Are you the one we're looking for? Or should I look for someone else? He, what he was saying, I'm not giving up. The Christ is going to come. The Savior is coming. But are you the one? And Jesus would tell him, I'm the one. You tell him, I'm the one. We must tell people that he's the one. There's no other name, the Bible says, by which we are saved. I'm so glad to know his name. I'm so glad to know that he's, he's, he's sticking closer than a brother. He's the light of the world. So many people are groping, trying to find something that will fill their broken heart. Trying to find something that will, that will ease the pain. 
trying to find something that will satisfy. Friends, there's nothing in this world that will ever take the place of the inward peace of Jesus Christ. There is nothing in this life that can ever take the place of God. God is adamant. He desireth. He initiated while we were yet sinners. He died for us. He wants you to love him with your whole heart, your soul, your spirit, and love your neighbor yourself that goes along with it. Believe God. As many as believed, they received him. But as many as received him. See, there's a difference between just simple belief. A lot of people believe there's God or some, something. There's belief, you know. But have we received him? Have we invited him in? Have we asked him to come into our heart? That's what, that's what this verse is getting. And those who believe in his name, who are born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Salvation is that which is done by the Holy Spirit. He works with us. He convinces us. He convicts us. He, he brings us to that place where, yes, absolutely, I am in need of Jesus. And so as we read on, Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Notice the word became flesh. Well, who's the word? Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word is being demonstrated as he came in the flesh. I don't know about you, but I can't always... Learn by everything. I don't learn everything by reading the manual. A few things. But if you've gotten a, a, a gift or a toy or, or a tool, you're going to try this thing out. You want to see how it works. You buy a new truck, you want to see how much, you know, get up and go it has. You know? You can look at all the, the, the pictures and all the stuff, and all the stuff that it says, but until you get in a place, a place where you can actually use it, that's where it meets the road, and that's what Jesus did for you and I. He come to our world, he says, and to many people, believe, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And some would say that with the Christ, some weren't sure. Some thought, well, maybe you're, you know, you're just a good, good person. You know, you're just, you're just a good, another prophet. But he's the Christ. Christ means the anointed one. Christ means the one. He is the Savior. He's the salvation. He is the one, that only one. He is the Lamb of God. He was, it, was, it was only he who can understand. It's only he who can understand brokenness because he's been there. He's been uh, mocked. He's been despised. Isaiah says that he was, he was, he was just forsaken. He was just uh, put down. He was, he was brutally uh, beaten. This is before his crucifixion. He was, he was spit upon. And that, that's, just, that's just coming from people uh, because of hatred, because of Satan dwelling within them, but Jesus endured it all. Why such? Why such? Why such love? What is it? What? Why? Was it worth it? For God so loved the world. 
Many people don't feel very valuable. Many people live with this, I'm not worth it. Listen, whatever God has created is worth it to him. He loves every heart. He loves every person. He loves people as they are, but he wants to bring them to a place where they can be clothed in his light, that they can walk in light and not darkness, that they don't have to be trodden down by the things of this world. He becomes flesh. He endures it all. He is the high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses. He is the one who's been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. He's the one who humbled himself to the cross. He is the one who allowed himself to be broken. Even in the Christmas story, even in the birth of Jesus, we see shadows or types of what is to come. We, we pick up a little bit the swaddling clothes, these wrappings, could be that it was symbolic of his grave clothes to come, only temporary though. And then he was placed in a manger, perhaps to symbolize that one day he would be laid in a tomb, but only temporary. You see, our Lord has all things, all things in control. All things work together for good. All things, if you walk with Jesus, he'll take your broken things and he'll make something good out of it. He'll bring something that will lift others, even in your pain, you will be able to understand others who have pain. Only the one like the high priest, he'd been tempted. He, was the, he is the greatest high priest because he understands every temptation. And so, he is the word. He always will be the word. You know what's going to happen in the book of Revelations? He's going to judge this world. And it says he's going to judge with a sword. And this sword is pictured as coming out of his mouth. So the sword is symbolic of the word of God, the word of Jesus is just going to speak, and nations are going to be judged, and the enemies are going to be put to death. And so this is what's going on. Jesus is coming back to rule and to reign. He's not going to come back as he came back the first time into his humility of a small baby infant dependent upon his parents, but he's coming back in his triumph, in his kingship, in his king, kingdom, and all the God's people with him, and the holy angels are going to come back. He's coming back for you and I. I want us to begin to think about what a wonderful Lord we serve, what a wonderful God we serve. Nothing is too difficult for him. Will you bow your heart for a moment in just this private prayer with Jesus today? Wherever you're at with him, he understands. Wherever you're at, if you have doubts or if you believe, I pray in Jesus' name that there will be a moment that you would say, if you've never prayed this prayer, Lord, come into my heart, you can do that today. A simple prayer, a simple belief. Lord Jesus, I need you. We pray that prayer. If that's you and you need to pray that prayer, just pray it in your heart right now. 
just all, all alone with God in the name of Jesus. I believe and I receive you. That's what the word says. As many as received him, he gave them the right to become sons. So as you received Jesus, we thank you for what you've done for us. We cannot save ourselves. So accept you. And Lord, we pray for families. Lord, across uh, that we'll be gathering this, this week, that there will be a special presence. There will be times of healing. There will be times of re reuniting and times of fullness of life. And that you will bring your presence in the name of Jesus. Amen.